Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In 1987, four childhood friends were reunited after 10 years to investigate the murder of a mentor they all shared. During this time, they unlocked the deep secrets of the past and found themselves exposed to the darkness that surrounded them. Soon it became more than a fight for justice. And instead, it became a fight against the ultimate evil. Six months later, in the winter of 1988, bonded by their knowledge of the dark unknown, they have decided to no longer be the victim. Now they seek out the deep roots of satanic corruption that hides in the shadows of society, all the while trying to mentor a new companion, seeking justice for the death of his cousin. Institutionalized is the second story arc in the Chronicles of Darkness first edition story, The Ultimate Evil, set in Bismarck, North Dakota in 1988. Join us in this tale of satanic horror with Wayne, played by Adam, Che, played by Andrew, Alex, played by Mitch, Michael, played by Slavic, and the newcomer Derek, played by Tillman. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM, and on Facebook and Discord at Twin Cities by Night. If you'd like to help support the podcast, you can find us on Patreon at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. So, Derek, you see Wayne on this couch with his, like, you know, resting his face in his hands, and you can kind of see he's at least calming down now, and you see Michael standing there. Derek and Michael, I need you to give me a wits and composure roll, please. The one and only. Three successes for Michael. Two for me. Michael, you see, while you're <clears throat> while you're looking at Wayne, you are thinking, man, maybe he needs a cigarette. And you're looking for cigarettes, maybe seeing if you left them on his desk. And when you're looking on his desk, you see a little yellow notepad. And you see, like, there's a name written on there. And you're looking at it. looks like it's Tina Weaver. And you see, like, there's two telephone numbers written on there. And you see like a pen sitting down there and you didn't see it last night or you just notice it now. Go ahead. Scenes on you guys. Was anyone in the office yesterday? Once we left Derek, do you know, not me. I look over at the, the paper that they're talking about and I'm just like, there was a message when I came in, just play back the tape. Okay. Michael goes and plays back the tape. And you hear the message that was played before where it was this Tina Weaver saying that, Michael McNulty, who Wayne and Alex had spoken to yesterday afternoon, had contacted her in the evening, how she was the person who replaced him as the guidance counselor at the Dakota Adventist Academy, left a number you can reach her at the school during normal business hours or a number you could reach her at home. And she was just saying that her and Michael kind of knew each other through similar circles. And he explained why Wayne and Alex were looking and that she would think she could be of some help. And like, as I hear the tape for the second time, I'm still just like, looking at the newspaper, you know, my hands are shaking and stuff that I'm just like, this can't be right. You guys, this, this shit just can't be right. Especially with how you were the other day, how that interaction just yesterday where that guy was following you. Yeah. And like, he's, he's thinking about that, but then also there's just like this really kind of like this really simple part of him, this really like naive part of him. That's just like, but Chase such an awesome guy, man. Who would who would want to do anything to him? He's who would want to do anything to that guy? He's he's he was my bud. Who who would want to and he just like can't really accept that there's people that are trying to 
to stop us, you know? He's not going there. He's just too upset about what's what's happened. And also, like, if there are people trying to stop you, why are they trying to stop you, too, you know? That's another thing also. And I also feel super guilty for having such a good time the night before when, meanwhile, like, uh, you know, the guys were at the hospital, like, looking after our friend, you know? And I just, like, wasn't there for that. I wasn't there to to support them. You know what I mean? He's kind of like, fuck. Yeah. Jeez. I didn't even think about it from that perspective. All right. Go ahead. Season on you guys. So, yeah. Guess we should. There's two numbers there, right? For the Weaver chick. Yes. One's the number to her office at the school, the Dakota Adventist right. Academy. Right. And the other is for a personal one. She said during the day she could be reached at the school one, personal one at night. Yeah. Makes sense. So what do you think about this? I'm honestly kind of uh, uncomfortable that this uh, that a person from this school is contacting us. Before we continue, I would like Wayne to re- to roll me a resolve and let's do a resolve. Can you combine two attributes in a roll? Yes, you can. Let's do a resolve and a presence roll, Wayne. I want to see something here real quick. Three dice, two successes. Awesome. So Wayne, there's a moment where you're feeling this guilt and you're like all the, all these conflicting feelings are going on in your head and you hear Michael play the message. And then you hear Derek speak up and he says that he feels conflicted about receiving a call from this girl. And you feel now I'm not saying you have to act upon this, right? But you feel looking at him, the sense of purpose again, you know, like you go from like, you go from beating yourself up, which is totally understandable to seeing this guy who you spoke to, you convinced him, you remember where you were like at that diner with him and he originally turned you guys down and how you were like, this is greater than, you know, just you and I, this is a fight and seeing him come and how happy he was to come and just seeing that. And you look at your board because you're sitting on the couch and you look across the room, you see your tic-tac board with all these notes that you had. And you just kind of feel yourself like that anxiety just dissipates for a little bit. Not saying that you have to get up. I'm not telling you what to do with your character. I'm just saying you feel like this warmness in your chest. Like you feel like the weight for a little bit's off your shoulders. Like this is the one thing that you can grasp onto to maybe help you compartmentalize what happened to Che. You know what I mean? And, and to grasp on because there's someone else. There's this, you know, that guilt you felt kind of where she brought up the boy and you felt like you, maybe you're exploiting that by, you know, and you change the subject. You're feeling that same reservoir of feelings where that came from like well up again right now. You know, and you're looking at Mike, you see Mike is exhausted. He's like his hair. Do you smell Mike's breath a little bit? He has morning breath right now. And you kind of just like see him. He doesn't, you know, and he's already talking about this now. So you kind of feel like this energy between you three right now. Go ahead. Scenes on you. And I like kind of, I stand up on my feet and I'm kind of like looking at Mike. I look at Derek and I kind of like, I'm hit with this memory of when I was down in the bunker with the guys and it was like, you know, it was like life or death in that moment, but we were going through it together. And I really just felt like no matter what happened, at least, at least I had, at least I had this and I'm looking at them and like, I feel that. And I see that in Derek too now. And I think about like how we've just brought this whole other person into this fold. And I think about Amanda and I'm just like, she would be proud of us. She would be proud of what we've accomplished and what we're, what we try to do, what, what our, ultimate goal is. And I just get up and I walk over to the board and I just kind of like, you know, clear the sweat from my forehead 
and I'm not, I'm just like kind of like looking at it and I just rub my fingers across the whole thing and I'm just thinking about the big picture of we can't let this stop us. I think this like Derek's way of conflict management give a sense of normalcy like uh, he's not good at talking about it and sitting down and talking things out but he's just like a bit like a steam engine he's always <laughs> chugging along uh, sometimes maybe to a fault but he just keeps going and uh, in his mind he just wants to continue with like normal work things so the other two don't have to like do everything uh, right now but if they want to they they can like join in I look at Mike again and I get up and I start the coffee. All right. Well, I have to say I, I agree with Derek. I don't like that someone from the school's contacting us right now. I wonder what she's I wonder what she wants to tell us. Yeah. I think I think we should meet up with her or maybe someone should. Uh who are the people that talked to McMulty again? Was it Wayne and Alex? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you should call her Wayne if you can. Yeah, I can do that. I set up a meeting somewhere outside the school because i mean she definitely knows about you and alex but she might not know about me and derek it's a good call yeah i'll, I'll, I'll get in touch with her right now and i kind of like take the phone and I, I move it as far as the cord will allow it to 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 stretch because i, I want like not like distance but it's like i need to be far enough away where i won't feel like a weird sense of distraction because I already feel like my emotions are in the way of this, but I have to keep working. When I worked at Cumberland farms and my brother died, the only thing I could do is just keep working, you know, and just try to like work through it. And this is like his reaction. You and Derek have that in common, you know, and you, you see this Derek as he grabs the phone. So you dial in the school number, I take it. Yeah. You dial the number and you hear it ring for a couple of times and you hear the receiver picked up and you hear this is tina weaver dakota adventist academy how can i help you hi tina this is wayne uh i believe i missed your call earlier and i'm very sorry about that uh just wanted to touch base with you and uh see if we could possibly maybe talk oh hi yes yeah you're with the dakota investigative services right yes i am oh, okay so uh yeah sorry for the call last night um you know me and michael who michael told me he spoke to you and uh co-worker of yours anyways he called me last night and uh well i haven't talked to him in a few years you kind of us guidance counselors kind of go to the same conventions here in town or you know we know one another it's a small circle <laughs> he just she smiles and she's like he called me though and he sounded rather i don't know distressed he insisted that i meet him and he told me that how you guys talked to him about a boy who he was working with when he was here working when when michael was working here a boy name and you see a rough around toby uh lancaster Unfortunately, he, you know, I don't know the kid that well, but I could help out. And if you'd like to come here, you know, you can come here. And if you'd like to speak to any of us at the school to help out, you know, I can I can help you out with that. If you, you know, whatever to help you guys make your job easier finding him. Well, I really do appreciate you calling us and, you know, any information we can get, we would love to hear any information. Uh, is there any chance you'd be able to uh, come out here? I can meet you halfway somewhere. Uh. Well, I'm here till four, but I have a lunch hour from noon to one. If you'd like to come by, we can speak to my office or after, or after work, I could I could meet up with you somewhere. It's, it's your call. Yeah. that I mean, I can meet you during your lunch hour. I promise I, you know, I won't be yeah, yeah, to bother. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll buy lunch. I'm I'm buying. We have a I I we have a cafeteria here. I can you know we can you, if you want to bring some lunch that'd be yeah. Great. I'll bring you I'll bring you a sub or something. Like what 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 do you what do you like? Well, oh. you know <laughs> you're trying to win me over, <laughs> Mr. Coleman. Uh, she's like, uh, just bring me whatever. Just bring me whatever. We can have lunch in my office. How about that? All right, it sounds good. Uh, thank you. We, oh yeah, sure. Will it just be you or will you be bringing anyone you work with? Will you bring your friend? I put my hand over the receiver and I'm just like, yo, any of you guys going to ride up with me or, or am I doing this by myself? We'll see if Alex pops up. You know, I am expecting uh, one of my partners to be with me, but uh, you know, we do have quite a heavy workload, so we'll have to see if that's possible. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can do that. That sounds great. So I'll see you at noon. Uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and help you out. Okay. Thank you so much. I do appreciate your time. And, uh, thanks again for calling us for sure. For sure. And then you just hear the phone hang up. Right. So uh, I guess that's happening. Yeah. I'm going to meet her on her lunch break and, uh, just try to figure out what I can. I don't know. I think it's pretty interesting that she would try to reach out to us. So let's just see. Hopefully this is a step in the right direction. It's not a waste of time for us either way. It'll be nice to finally see this place. And I don't know. Uh, what do we have to hide from her in terms of information? Well, and I kind of like look at Michael and then I just kind of look back at Derek. I'm like, nothing really, but it's just important not to, not to show your hand. You know, we want to make yeah. sure she's, she talks to us straight. The thing that, um, that bothers me right now is that uh, we have no real idea uh, about what this guidance counselor told her already. Let's get our boy Alex down here and see what he wants to do. And I go ahead and I just like, I, I ha still have the, the phone in my hand and I'm kind of just like sitting in one of the chairs that has the, those like spinning wheels at the bottom. It's kind of like an office style chair. And I just start dialing Alex up and I'm kind of just like staring around the room at the other guys. Kind of like I get up from the chair, I pace back and forth while it rings. Alex, let's cut to you. You had an interesting dream last night. When you wake up and your alarm's going off and it's like 8.30 in the morning, eight in the, it's 8 in the morning when your alarm goes off, what do you do when you wake up? Like, what's your morning routine? These days, generally, the first thing he'll do when he wakes up is if he's had a dream, he will try to sketch out as much of it as he can remember so that he can refer back to it later if necessary. All right, let's go ahead and make a roll. For that i want to i want to try to make a roll and see let's do uh what would be a good roll for drawing we'll do wits and crafts go ahead and roll that for me one success so you get up and you go straight to your drawing table you're still like in your boxers and you pull a large sheet of paper like the, the longer kind that are in sketchbooks and you just grab your pencil and you just start sketching away and you're like really in the zone because you're still like kind of sleep almost you haven't even like splash water in your face you haven't even left the confines of your room and you see your hand going and you almost like while you're drawing your mind starts wandering off to like everything that's been going on to like the fact of what happened to Che, to what happened in that cellar and your hand almost takes a life of its own and as you're looking down at your paper afterwards you see this form of a silhouette of a woman but her skin looks flayed and you see around her feet like around the bottom of her feet off into the distance, silhouette, silhouettes of what looks to be children, boys, that kind of go off into the distance. And that's what you see before you right now. What's going on in your head when you see that? Alex will be thinking back to his time as a boy. And the scene from the bunker will also come to mind. Uh, the woman holding 
if I remember correctly, the goat's head. Yeah. And you'll even remember some of the dream you had of the large silhouette of the figure of a woman's figure. Different, though, than Christina Eagle. Uh, you know, that large figure you saw in the infinite expanse of the ocean. That kind of sticks with you from the dream. So, Wayne, you dial the number and you hear a pickup and you hear this woman's voice come through the phone. Hello? Hi. Uh, hello. This is Wayne, Alex's friend. Uh, I was wondering if he's in. Oh, Mr. Mustache. How's it going? Good boy. You're a good boy with your mustache, you. Looking like Tom Selleck. How you doing? Oh, I, I'm, I'm great, miss. Thank you. When are you uh, going to come and have coffee with me again and we sit and we talk? Oh, I, I'd, I'd love that. I'd, I'd love that. Uh, look, is, is Alex around? Uh, yeah, you know, so he, it's he a work a... thing. It's, it's just a, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold, hold on a second. Let me go get him, okay? And you hear like a rattling of the phone. Alex, you're staring at this picture and you hear dun, 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 knock on the door. Alexi, Alexi. <sighs> yeah, mama, what's up? Uh, Wayne's on the phone. Wayne's on the phone. Mr. Mustache. You want me to tell him you you come down take it? Yes, it's uh it's 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 nine o'clock in the morning, Alexa. You you're running late. Probably. Uh, let me let me get some pants on, okay? Yeah, please, please. And you just see her walking down the hallway. But go ahead. Alex will throw some pants on, grab a a t-shirt and a sweatshirt, and uh, rush you walk- down the stairs. Yeah, and you she hands you the phone as you walk in, as you walk into the kitchen. Uh, go ahead, scenes on you guys. Yeah, hello, Alex. Uh, it's it's Wayne. Hey, uh, I'm I'm sorry I wasn't there with you guys yesterday. Uh, I, I'm down I'm down at the office now with with Mike and Derek, and uh, we're just kind of going over the plan. Look, I got to take a ride up to this school later on to try to try to talk to woman that works there. She actually reached out to us, and uh, so we got this whole thing set up. I'm I'm gonna go down on her lunch break, and you know she's gonna tell us what she wants to tell us. But uh, you know as Hoping to have some company on the ride up there. What do you think? Yeah, I'll go with you. Cool. If I uh, swing by, pick you up before we take off, or uh, you want to meet us down here? Oh, uh, I can come grab you. What time is it? It's like 9 a.m. right now. Yeah, it's like 9 30, 9 a.m. Yeah. It's about an hour drive. So I was thinking about heading out in like 45 minutes or so. Maybe try to grab something on the way. All right, that works. Come. Uh, why, why don't you come pick me up on your way out? I got to get showered and eat. All right. Sounds good, bud. I'll see you in a bit. All right. And Alex will hang up. So we'll cut back to the office. Wayne, you just got off the phone. You see Wayne hang up. Go ahead. Scenes on you three again. I think meanwhile, Derek would have fired up the IBM. We had the plan to find the address of the former headmaster, whose last name I still don't have. Keith Galloway. Keith Galloway, Galloway is a former headmaster. So Derek is like busy typing and loading floppies and starting up the uh, address book program. What's it called? Worldview addresses. Um, so you, it's going to take you about like 15 minutes to get this information, 20 minutes. You see Michael, Derek is like, just goes, you, Michael, you are witnessing right now your baby in a way with this business. You see Wayne's on the phone. You see Derek's on the computer and you're just kind of standing there now. You taste the coffee and the donuts aftertaste in your mouth. You kind of like feel your hair feels a little bit greasier than normal and your clothes seem kind of wrinkly. What are you doing right now? What are you thinking right now? Michael takes a look around the office, you know, takes a look at Derek working, takes a look at Wayne working, then probably takes a look at himself and he's thinking, should take a fucking shower. Indeed. Now, part of me wants to say that I would willing to bet there's like this, would you, what would you guys think if there was like this little shower bathroom thing that you guys have set up there and you know what I mean? Like in the far corner for like 
I don't know, like all nighters that you guys had to do. You know what I mean? Like tracking someone. Or- I, I was thinking of actually like asking. I'm not, I'm not sure if like Martha would have like if she lives like in her bakery, Ooh. like if she has like an upstairs yes. or something. Yes, we could say that because we can. A lot of these businesses on Main Street are two leveled. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's what they, I meant. Yeah. So she can have her apartment above there. I love that idea. So yeah, you can, you guys probably have before, you know what I mean? You probably even have like a, not to sound bad, but like a change of clothes. She told just leave some clothes here. So that if you guys ever need, you know what I mean? To do your thing, catching cheaters. And you know, she totally supports you guys. She's like a mother figure to you all, you know? So yeah, for sure. If you, would you like to go do that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. So you see you two kind of notice that Mike walks out. Mike, you walk out into the cold and you walk right next door and you go to her bakeries. It says Martha's Bakery. You see like in this nice cursive floral pattern on the glass door and it has the hours and you open it up. God, I'm, I'm basing this place off of a real place that my grandma used to take me when I lived in Bismarck. So I'm just closing, I'm just closing my eyes because I used to love going to this place. So like you walk in and you see like in the middle row, there's like baskets, right? Or baskets that have like like freshly baked bread that's like in, like, but it's baked there, but it's kind of like in like saran wrap a little bit to keep it somewhat fresh. And on the left, you see like along the wall, there's like these like kind of shelves that slope down a little bit and they have like these plastic bins that have tops on there. But you see like all these rolls and croissants and like all this deliciousness on the right. You see there's like these glass cases slide with sliding doors where there's donuts. So you see all these like freshly made donuts and you see in front of you, there's a counter there. We see Martha sitting there reading a newspaper. You know that she has people who come in early in the morning with her to help her bake this stuff. But once they bake it, she pretty much is just her who works there like at the, at this time of day. And she also behind her has these two, the industrial kind of coffee machines that they have at restaurants. You know, the large ones that make the bigger pots of coffee that like that are like stainless steel. And then so you can just pull the tab down and get coffee from a little nozzle like that. And, you know, she has one that says like normal and one that says decaf. And when you open the door, like ding ding, the, the little bell like knocks all like you guys have. And she looks up at you. You can smell like the fresh smell of bread. You can just smell. It's like this delicious, warm smell that seems to be coming from the back. She looks up at you and she's like, Michael, Michael, did you have an all nighter again? Were you and Wayne out drinking all night last night? What drinking? No, it was a stakeout type of thing. Uh yeah, stakeout type of thing. You need a I shower? Guess. Yep. All right, you know how to get up there. And she just kind of like motions behind. She to- She like tosses you her keys from like that are sitting by mm. the register. They just fly across and you catch them. She's like, this time if you use the toilet, put the seat down, all right? <laughs> all right, all right. Thanks, Martha. You're a lifesaver. Yeah, do you need to uh, grab some if you're hungry? You look like you need some coffee too. I'll grab something later. Thanks. All right. I think I had too much coffee already. You look like you need some more, young man. Uh, your toothbrush, your toothbrush, and all your stuff is uh, is in the same bag where like where Wayne, Che, and Alex keep their stuff. Okay. All right. all right. So you go up there, and you go behind the desk, and you know, like you make a left to where like all the baking these ovens are at, and you see that there's like a door there, and you use the key to open the door, and you walk up these steps, and these steps are rather older wooden, you know, and you step up them, and you can kind of hear your foot echo on each step as it comes down and you get to the top and you open the door and lock that door there and you open it and you walk in and you see this quaint nice little living room it has like the, the it has like these old afghans that are like thrown over the couch 
you know, it's very warm. You know, there's like a thick rug that's on the floor there. You see that there's a couple bookshelves with books, a picture of her late husband when he was in uniform and a couple pictures of her children. And you know that in the back, there's a bathroom there. And you know, under in the towel closet in the bathroom, there's like a personal hygiene bag that each one of you guys have left there with like a single change of clothes. When you're taking a shower and everything, what's all going on right now? Is anything going on in your head? Or are you just zoning out when you're showering? Or Yeah, I think Michael's pretty out of it. He's just like, thinking that things are getting out of hand again and uh, things are moving way too fast and they know way too little. So he, you feel like you're getting caught up in that current like that happened six months ago? Yeah, but this time it's like, it's like you know, they know even less of what they're up against. Like, like someone else is like one step ahead of them. And what about your mother? Are, thoughts of, are you too busy with everything going on with thoughts of your mother coming through all this? Yeah, I mean, Michael's just trying to process or like trying to file it to process it later, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's trying to compartmentalize everything. Like that's something that maybe you'll have to deal with later right now. You're doing what Wayne is doing right now almost. You're starting to get in that mind frame of like, okay, I got to focus on certain things and other things will fall back in the forefront and I won't feel so out of control. Maybe it's a sense of control right now that you have. You don't know anything, but at least you can like focus on what you're going to feel about and what you're going to focus on. So you get done with your shower. You feel fresh and clean. You walk downstairs and you see Martha just looks at you and she's like, better. She's like, I'll wash your clothes that you left up there and I'll have them folded and put them in the same spot. Unless you want them, you can come and get them. Okay. Oh yeah. That'd be wonderful. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Do the boys need some, something to eat? Do they need some donuts? No, no, I don't want them getting fat. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You're a strict, Hey, you got to keep them there. You know, chasing after dead beats and assholes is, I know you want them to be in shape. So that's good on you. Good on you, Michael. And she just goes, you have a good day. Okay, Michael. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can I get that uh, donut with those sprinkles on it? Oh, you know it. And she gets on it. And she like walks back to the like where she keeps. You know what I mean? The really good donuts that she like. You yeah, hear yeah. rustling and putting it in a little bag. She go here. You go. Wonderful. Thanks. Yep. And as you walk back in, we'll cut to Derek. Derek, you're looking through here, and you end up getting this guy's address, and you're like, oh, huh. Of course, he lives in Fox Island. And that's kind of like the area where Meredith lived at, you know, lives at and kind of like there's a lot of people who live in that area, but it's kind of an upper crust area of Bismarck, as you see his address right there. You also see a record of work where he works at. He works at, you see his, his, his last record of work is at the Open Door Baptist Church in Bismarck. All right. So my assumption was that he had retired like completely. Yeah. That's why that's what you assumed. So I... Copy or print out all the details. Yeah, uh, and make another coffee and maybe (laughs) go to the bathroom. You (laughs) walk in, Michael, as you see Derek coming out of the bathroom after he washes hands, and you hear you see that Wayne. You hear that Wayne as you're looking at your your board right now. Go ahead, scenes on you guys. (laughs) Like I keep telling you, I think it would be faster if I just used a pen. Wayne is so impressed. It's goddamn magic the way it just comes out of the machine like that. It's got all the all the words you want printed right on it. How how did you make it print that? I'm just like, you know, I'm looking at it in amazement. I just don't understand the way that this technology even really works. Like my TV in the trailer has bunny ears and uh, you know, that's I don't I don't even have tapes, you know? It's just 
Let me get a wits and composure, Derek and Michael, right now. That things are semi-normal. Like things have like kind of, you know what I mean, toned down a little bit. I like you two to give me a wits and composure roll, please. One success. Two. Okay. Derek, I got a personal question to ask you, and you don't have to I guess I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be whatever. Is Derek a virgin or is he has he slept with a woman before or slept with anyone before? Uh tough. (laughs) I think um Honestly, he might be a virgin because he was kind of a wallflower in school. Okay. So we'll say it like and, this. Uh, I mean, immediately after that, all this stuff with Amanda happened and his dad couldn't go to work anymore. And he had to go to work uh, surrounded by pretty much only burly men at 100% of his time. So Okay. Yeah, that's perfectly fine too. So Derek, as Wayne walks by you, you smell like... There's a second you smell it. Yeah. Is that marijuana on like alcohol? <laughs> like you can smell it kind of emitting from his pores. And Michael, there's a sense where Wayne like says something and you're like, because Michael had a girlfriend at one point, And I assume that Michael, oh, let me ask. I don't want to assume. Is Michael a virgin too? No. Okay. So you definitely not. You can smell the distinct smell of like sex off coming off of Wayne for a second. Like this is now that everything's calm, especially that you took a shower and you're clean. You know, you don't smell yourself anymore. You kind of like, oh, and you see Wayne's like all happy and he's sitting there like just talking. It seems all extra like, you know, happy. So go ahead. Seems back on you guys. Wayne, just make sure you don't have any weed on you in case we could start dealing with the cops. He's like, come on, man. I would never do that. Uh The the weed is in his pocket right now and it's probably Uh smelling pretty strong. Well, I definitely don't want our office smelling like that. So, you know. All right, all right. And he goes outside. He's like getting ready to go outside and put it in the car, like in the glove box. And uh, he w- he wants to because there's something he wants to grab from there as well. And you know he'll he'll like he'll before he does he'll go into the bathroom and he'll just kind of like wash his face and just you know like wash under his pits with like hand soap and stuff like that. And like you know like he goes out to the car and he he. He kind of like ruffles around in the trunk and just pulls out like a shitty t-shirt that's probably not much cleaner than the one he's wearing, but just kind of puts it on. It's like a uh, WrestleMania 84 shirt and, uh, you know, and he just like puts a, a different shitty cigarette hold flannel over it. But then he opens up the glove compartment and he gets this small snub nose pistol and he has this little ankle holster for it. And he, he thought the ankle holster was just so cool. It's just like one of those things out of a movie. Like the cool guy always always draws one from the ankle. And you never know that he has it. But then he starts thinking about when Che taught him how to shoot it in the woods. And how he, he didn't know what to do with a gun before Chase taught him not to be afraid of it. And taught him how to use it. And it's almost like a he got this, this like thrill from knowing how to do that. And he's just like, kind of thinking just like, if anybody comes after me or if anybody comes after my friends, I'll use what Che taught me to end them. And he's just like looking at the gun and he's like, he's checking to see that it's loaded. And he just like puts that ankle holster on and just like tucks his jeans over it, goes back inside. On that note, we can actually say that it's time for you to leave. If you want to leave and go pick up Alex, you can go ahead and leave and do that actually at the same time, you know, instead of coming back inside. Yeah. So like I'll say I filled my thermos. I I wave the boys, you know, farewell. And I go and I just pick up Alex. So when you drive off, we'll say that you drive off. Derek and Michael, 
you're you're in the office now. Derek, the printer is done now. And you look at this large dot matrix printer printout, and you see the addresses and the information that you printed out. Go ahead, scenes on you guys. So uh, that's kind of a rich neighborhood. Yeah, nothing out of the ordinary, I guess. Also, I, I mean, totally thought that guy had retired like wholesale when he left the school. He's not retired. Uh, what does it, it say? Appears, it appears he's still working for the what was it the Baptist Church? Oh, Baptist Open Door church. Baptist Church, which is a rather large Baptist church. We'll even say does that. It say what he's doing there. Sorry, you don't see what? No, it doesn't say what he's doing there. Baptist Church, Baptist Church. <laughs> Didn't that bishop guy? Was Nia Baptist or something like that? He was more of a listen to your crazy radio shit and just say praise okay, Jesus okay. a lot. So it's, it's a different religious group. Okay, yeah, never mind. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, trying to figure out all the connections. Yeah, all right. That's interesting. But it does mean that we'll probably won't find him at home right now. Or we might. Hmm. Oh, so out of ca- quick out of character. Uh, say if I wanted to use... Uh, Mike's detective skills of like investigation plus let's say intelligence or wits or something just to try to find like some sort of connection between all the clues we found will it be possible to roll something like that let me think here because i want to think on it because i don't think there's any glaring connections yet you know what i mean yeah yeah i think you guys are still that's why i want to like roll for it if like uh because i'm stupid but michael no no there's (laughs) nothing no michael no, I won't make you roll because there's nothing there yet. You know, you guys are still gathering. Now, with him talking to the, going to the school and you talking to this guy, there may be more information. But in all reality, you're kind of just like, fuck, dude. You're like what a lot of people are at who do detective work, you know, are at that stage. They just don't see a big picture yet. Nothing has, you know what I mean? That one little thing has a click. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put it all together, you know? But you're making foreground. You're like, you guys came to conclusion that these people need to be talked to. And now you're getting more leads, you know what I mean? And eventually, maybe these leads will produce something. But I'm sure it's a hapless feeling, you know, like right now you're like, shit, because in all reality, what do they say about kids who are missing? If they're not found within the first 48 hours, they're probably not going to be found again or something to that extent. Like, and it's been a month, you know, and I think that may be even sinking in on Michael a little bit. Like, you're going to go talk to this guy who works at church. Like, really, what information are you going to get? You know, so it's just kind of like this feeling. The only lead that you have that, you know, that might come to something is maybe at that school because you know that Welkstetter was on the fa- the founding board of that school when it was founded but in all reality you're still kind of stuck right now other than the fact that there's a bunch of fucked up shit going on right now and it's a helpless feeling it's an uncontrollable feeling the ultimate evil focuses on people versus the dark mysteries of the world Inferno Temptation follows the similar theme as two mortals are haunted by two demons who won't let them go. Listen to find out if Brother Jan and Sir Reinhardt give in to temptation.